Welcome back. We again, to much frustration, we have another shorthanded pod this week. Um, right now, it's me, Marco, only with Rocco today. Honestly, this is probably going to be the most, you know, factually based, <laughs> honest, like not too toxic pod, I believe. But Rocco, look, you got, you got your main stage with me, so you got, you got to take advantage of it right now. Yeah, we removed all of the Milan fans from the chat. We so removed like, all three Milan fans. That is true. Exactly. That is 100% true. But getting right into it, we're going to talk about UCL to start. But quickly before we do that, update on our prediction table. In last place is the fellow podcaster with me, is Rocco, <laughs> tied with Galano on four points. In third, tied with Mike in second on seven points is Julio. And sitting atop of the table is everyone's favorite podcast host Podcast host on this pod, Marco, with 10 points. A nice three-point gap between me, Mike, and Julio. Um, I'm feeling great. I know it's not going to end. I am shambolic when it comes to actually having good things come to me. So don't expect me to hold this longer, but I just want to you know, prove that Mike's prediction is already wrong from last week that he said that he's going to lead the pod standings from from last week until week 38 of the season. Mike, get stuffed. You're wrong. That being mm-hmm. said, Rocco, you need you need to get some points here, man. We got we got we got good games Dude, to predict. I feel so good about all of my picks all the time. And then like I'll be watching games and looking at scores and be like I got all of these right. And then like, I'll look back at the scores and be like, "Nope." I will be completely honest. I got extremely lucky with my two. I only got two games right. I got the Udine Sassuolo game right, and I got the Inter Torino game right. But not only did I get it right, I got it perfectly right. Score for both games and result. So, you know, I'm, I'm Honestly, kind. The Torino game. I think you got lucky there. We talk about that when we. Uh, talk I did. About the no, game I did. Bit. I did. I did. I did. But again, don't expect this much from me because I am prone to have toxic t- takes, and this as well. But. Before we get into the Serie A games, let's talk UCL. Overall, pretty good week across Europe for Italian teams, besides yeah. Juve and Lazio mainly. But Rocco, as the ex-Juventino that you are, I got to ask what your thoughts about that Juve game. Dude, I mean, it's like, it's honestly hard to watch right now how, how Juve's playing. Um, I get that they're like shorthanded, but like I don't like this Milik Vlaovic duo and like immediately out of the gates, you know, like I, I think I was texting in the group. I was like, Oh great. Juve going Milik and Vlaovic. And then four minutes in Milik scores. So it's like, all right, maybe I was wrong this whole time. Yeah. But after like 20 minutes or so, Juve just did nothing. Um, until like, they're like frantically trying to score at the end of the game. Uh, yeah, just, I don't know. It, it's not surprising, you know, Juve in Europe, not good, especially you know. I feel like against Portuguese teams lately, it's been rough going. I was I was just thinking that how last I think it wasn't last year, but the year before when it was the co- when it was the COVID year, Porto with Sergio Oliveira's free kick under the wall. When Ronaldo didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, so I I have one thing about Juve. I feel like. So the argument that was made was that with Allegri, at least the first time around when he was when he first went to Juve, it was like, okay, he's going to win the Champions League. And he did well in getting you guys to the final, right? That was first time around, really good team, whatever. This time around, I think I said this on one of the earlier pods. It might have been last, I'm pretty sure it was last season when I said this, where it's like, I feel like Allegri is very stuck in his ways and he refuses to adapt to how soccer is played in Europe today, right? So the reason why I say that is because look at the formation, right? His preferred formation is no. I thought it was a four-four-two. I think it. Well, when, I think it looked like a, when Milik comes in, it's a four-four-two. Yeah, but even at, even so, I thought that uh, I thought it was a three-five-two. Let me let me pull up the the old team sheet real quick. I think that it was like Danilo playing as like a left center back or something. Uh, I don't know if the team sheet thing will have it, but because I know that Cuadrado played and Kostic played, and in my head they were both playing as like um, wing backs, like wing backs, and then Danilo, Bremer, and <clears throat> Bonucci in the back. I can't find the 
But yeah, I mean, one of the while you pull that up, I can't, won't go on my mini Juve rant. I think I've had every pod we've had this season so far. As you know, mm-hmm. way back in the day, I used to be a Juventino, but after the whole Catrope scandal, I parted ways with them. When you were ten, when I was ten, yeah, and I had a I had a cheap knockoff Neva jersey. Um, didn't. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think you know to go back to my point about Allegri, it's like. I feel that you know, a lot of European soccer is played today. And again, there's a lot of footage of this that there's a lot of quick passes, a lot of quick transition, and it's it's predicated on speed of play and speed of players to really be effective in Europe, right? When you look at Juve, from an overall pace perspective, it just drags on. Like it usually, you would say two or three passes you from the back line to near or at the attacking third of the opposition for any regular club in Europe. Juve, it feels like it takes like 10 passes, seven passes. Yeah. Like there's a lot of sideways passing yeah, that and, happens for you and or I get, back. And I get it. When you're when you come back from a pressurized uh, situation when someone's when the team is attacking you, you want to kind of stay on the ball. But that should take maybe three to four passes. That shouldn't take you six or seven passes to get comfortable on the ball and then look to progress. Usually the best way to progress is to go forward. With Juve, they keep going wide, then back in the middle, then back out wide in a diagonal pass, and then they pass it back. Diagonal. Like There's a lot of teetering back and forth, and there's not a much direct way to do it unless it's from Bonucci or Danilo long bowling it up to Vlaovic. And then again, you're putting yeah. Vlaovic in a situation where it's a 2v1 most of the time because everyone's focusing on him because he's the attack. Without him, they can't do anything. So it's like, for me, as an Italian, I get frustrated when I see when the Italian teams play this way because it just yeah. seems like the old adage of like all the Italians only care about defending, only care about preserving clean sheets. That adage, mm-hmm. adage is true. Meanwhile, when you look at the Italian team, they were so attacking. Like, you know, there's this disconnect. And as an Italian, I particularly get... Worried about that, like we might be reverting. One of our most prominent clubs, arguably the most prominent club in Italy, is reverting back to these old school ways that has prolonged us from progressing as a, as a style for so long. Yeah, I mean, like looking at the, the formation, right, which ESPN shows is a three-five-two. Okay. So like, so it's the back is Danilo, Bonucci, Bremer, and then like the five across midfield: Kostic, Miretti. I love that Miretti's getting Miretti, Miretti, like that Max. Yeah. I like the Max playing him, and then Fagioli came in for him later, which is also nice to see. Mm-hmm. And then Paredes, which apparently Max loves, McKenny, Cuadrado, and then Vlavic and Milik up top. And it's like, well, how does the ball get through the midfield up to the attack with that team? Because I think you're relying a lot on the wide players there. And I don't know. I haven't really seen Kostic do too much like beating his man or like, I don't know. He crosses really well, but like I don't yeah. know necessarily what what else he's offering. Yeah, and Cuadrado, you know, you sort of know you're getting from him. Yeah, yeah you said on the last pot, right? It's like Kostic, very one dimensional. When it comes to a cross, he can hit you, but being he's players great on, at crossing. Yeah, but that's it. Like he can't beat players on the dribble. He can't be a threat inside, like cutting inside. Um, when the three five two was Manetti playing in the hole behind Milik and Vlavic? I think that like Paredes was deep. And then Miretti and McKenny and McKenny were like sort of in front of him. I think okay. it was like so it was like it was like an inverted triangle like essentially. Three, three, one, four, two, two sort of. Okay, yeah. Honestly, if I'm Allegri, I might think about putting like a Locatelli Paredes. As, if you're going to go three five two, Locatelli Paredes as the anchors. Locatelli more box to box. Paredes more like kind of holding in the in the back or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Either one, it doesn't matter. And having Meretti in the hole. Because Meretti, you saw with Saler- against Salernitana, but you saw it the weekend. And I think that when given in creative opportunities, he can actually thrive. Like, he's a creative player. Like, he, yeah. ha- he has some flair. He's good at passing the ball. I get it. He's young and he's still learning how to play with senior members that are in Juve. But this, you have a very good talent on your hands. He's 19 years old and he's killing it right now. Like, if I were a legacy, I'd focus primarily on just getting him in spaces where he can exploit defenses and open up and possibly be the the key to transitioning from defense to attack and opening up Lavage. Rocco, do you do you agree or disagree? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah, sorry, can you hear me? No, yeah, 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 floor, yeah, so. yeah, I can hear you. You're good. Okay, cool. Um, no, I think that that'd be an interesting move. I think, like, for now, they have to try doing something like that. Because... 
Sorry, Rocky, you're, you're coming in broken up right now. Zoom in. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Without Chiesa and without Pogba, it's like game on. Can you can you can you say that again? You cut in and out. I think the Zoom. Sorry, yeah, I got the old side. internet unstable just now. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I was saying that like for now, I think it's worth trying that. You know, I think when Pogba and Chiesa come back, it'll be a little different. You know, hopefully for Juve because they'll have some guys who can move the ball more through the midfield. Yeah, it would and, be it would be interesting to see how Pogba fits in that midfield with uh, Paredes, Locatelli, McKinney, and Maretti. It would be interesting to see. Again, I'm not yeah, too optimistic I, about it, but I think with with the guys they have now, I would imagine like the Max's top midfield would probably be Locatelli, Pogba. He'll probably put Paredes. He, he likes Paredes, yeah, he'll, but he'll, also he loves Rabio, who's on the team still. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And McKenney does dirty work. It's like hard because I don't think that any three of those make like a really well balanced midfield. But you have they um, all they're all midfielders that Allegri likes to have. Like yeah. I feel like Allegri really doesn't care about balance. I think he just he, I think at this point Allegri now is more concerned about what players he likes to have in the team and what he feels is like this is my way of winning, where it's very you know reserved, careful, industrious, not very creative or flary. Um, but yeah, and now I'm I'm curious because with Allegri specifically, now a lot of the sentiment in with Juventini is the hashtag Allegri out. So from there, it's like, you know, I don't think, I, I think that's kind of stupid. I mean, like, who else will you get? I mean, I get it. You can, like, get Zidane, but you still have to pay out Allegri's contract. Yeah. So. Well, there was, like, some video, I think, the other day. I don't know if this was in chat or if I saw it on Bleacher Report. And it was, like, some fans were, like, yelling at Arriva Bene, and they were like, oh, Allegri out. And he's like, so you pay him then. Yeah. Like, so that's funny. Yeah, I mean, Zidane, everyone wants that to work out, but if they don't really have the team that's going to do anything anyway. I saw today people posting on, like, Reddit or Bleacher Report, and they were like, bring Pirlo back. And while I would personally love that, I don't think there's any chance you would do that. I mean, like, they had him, and I think that that was an opportunity for them to hit the reset button, get the dead weight out, yeah, the they fat out. Just, like, and you have young pieces like Fajola, you have Meretti, like, you have these young pieces that you can build around, or at least start to build yeah. around. Like, No, they weren't, like, willing to stay the course of rebuild, and the problem also was, like, with Ronaldo, it's hard to, like, rebuild. Yeah. And I think, I honestly still think that if, they knew earlier that Ronaldo Wanted was going to leave, leave. Yeah. then they would have kept Pirlo for another year and let him like try to actually build sort of the squad and like the shape and stuff that he wants to. But I did read today that Juve and Brighton and Hove Albion are both looking at uh, Dizerbi as a potential coaching replacement. Yeah. And I think it's hilarious that Juve now is looking at just like Dizerbi, I think is good, but like, Juve and Brighton are looking at the same guy. It's like, what is this world? Well, I mean, it's like Juve do because, you know, Dezebi proved it in Serie A that he can have a very fun and very Mm attack-driven style. With Brighton, though, it kind of feeds into their, like, perspective to say, you know, here's a young coach. He somewhat proved it in Serie A. We don't know if he's going to prove in the EPL, but he plays. He has a similar foundation of his tactics that Grand Potter did before he went to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Like, the Zerbi was very deep lying, started trying to build up from the very, very back and worked its way forward. Grand Potter did a similar thing at Brighton. So there are parallels to that. Uh, but again, with Juve, that being said, you have Bonucci, you have the center backs that can play that style. You just don't have the midfield that can progress the ball. But enough for you, Vin. Let's go. Let's go to the other teams. Yeah. Big, big result for Milan. I know. I know all the Milan fans on our uh, on our pod. The three of them, the, the three amigos. You know they they're they're not on the, be able to be on the pod to celebrate. You know I'm I'm looking at these results. I'm trying to see what Chelsea did as my yeah. computer keeps giving me. Weird notifications. Yeah, Chelsea tied. Milan now four points, four points, three points clear of Chelsea, which is always good. Um, you know, when it was just me and Julio on the pod, we said that this group, you know, Milan out of the three Italian teams had the best draw. And I think, you know, besides the games against Chelsea, they should get out of the group, which is, you know, good to see. You know, they put up three, so the scoring concerns aren't really there. 
Um, it's more, in my opinion, it's more of a rotation thing because they do have a big game this weekend, but we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, you know, Milan, good result. Inter, good result. You know, Inter 2 nothing. You know, you expect them to win that game. Napoli, though, that's the team I want to focus on as we, you know, get near the end of this UCL. 3 nothing against Rangers. Seven goals in two games, one goal conceded. Like, in UCL, yeah. they're on fire. They're they're lighting it up. Yeah. And, and then you have, you know, he keeps just fucking producing uh, Cravatelia. Like, the man just... He can't be stopped. And the one thing with Napoli, I think we said this, was they have depth. Like, they they have a lot of players that they retool. They got like six to eight, I think it was five five to seven signings, I think is what they got And after departing two stalwarts of the club. And, you know, you, li- you like to see this with Italian teams. This is Italian because now, realistically, you have two group, two teams in very good positions to go into Champions League. Possibly three, depending how the Inter group goes. Because right now with Juve, I don't know if they're yeah, going mean, to make it out. Inter's level on points with Barcelona, right? Like they're both on three, I think. Yeah, and they play each other October 2nd. And they, that, yeah, they need... Then they go back-to-back, back, right? Yeah, so I have the... I have the After matches. that was well, a pretty good idea of, of what their chances are. But yeah, if, if one of those... If they split those games, you know, it's like anything could happen. In the, if they split, the if end, they so. split those games, all these teams still have to play Bayern. Like, the only issue is Inter. If they do, if if my memory serves me right, the fixtures right. go in reverse order. So Inter played Bayern first, Victoria, Pizan, and then Barca. And then it goes, I think, Barca, Victoria, and then the last match week of UCL is against Bayern. That's tough. And I think that's at Bayern. So. That's tough because they'll have something to play for. Exactly. And Bayern, and Bayern so. has always been a stickler where it's like, we'll always give a good game to the team we're going up against, even if they have, even if we won the group. So it's like, ideally, if Inter win the two Barca games, again, I think, I think they could win both. I think that the likely scenario will be Barca win one. I hate to say this, but I think they're going to tie the other one. Um, I I hate to say it, but I think that's just how it's going to be. And then they have to win against Victoria. Then they have to win against Bayern. Like it's going to be, it's going to yeah, be hard. Like it's going to be tough. That group It'll is be tough. Yeah, that group is fucking awful. But you know, we we hope for the best. I mean, out of all the teams, you know, Juve looked like to have the worst odds of making it out. Because yeah, I mean, I think that they'll have to win. Obviously, they have to win the next two against. Well, uh, yeah, I'm about to say they have the Maccabi Haifa two games back to back. And I think you sort you sort of have to as a U.S. fan like root for PSG to just pummel Benfica in both of those games because then that would put Juve level on points with Benfica. They and then, play each other, yeah. And so Juve could win the group in that game. Like that game will be everything. No, they, they, if, I would, no, they wouldn't win that group. PSG if, can win. No, if PSG not like or not win the group. Sorry, like get advance. the second spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They could they could advance depending on that game. Um. But they, I think they need PSG to win both because I, if they like, yeah. I don't know if they draw both, well, the other teams would go to what they both be sitting on eight points. And so you you're saying you're saying if PSG tie both Benfica games, yeah, then yeah, then so then they would go, they'd eight, be both on eight. Juve would Juve potentially if, be on six. Yeah, so then it, Juve it's would still have to, play to for. win yeah. against Benfica and, and get something out of the game against PSG. No, they would have to win against PSG because if it's eight eight, right? And Juve has six. Benfica would theoretically beat Maccabi. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you, Juve, Juve. On if if that scenario plays out where they beat Maccabi twice, they get six. Benfica and PSG tie twice. It's eight eight six. Juve have to beat Benfica to get that one point ahead of them. And then mm-hmm. Benfica either have to lose. If Benfica lose, then they're in. But if Benfica tie right, right. or win, Juve have to win. It's gonna, it's gonna yeah. be fun. They gotta hope for two PSG wins. Like it's, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be like me and Julia said on the, on our pod where it's like that that group has the makings to be very interesting very quickly, and it's playing out as we thought it was. Um, but any closing thoughts on Italian team UCL performances before we move to the other European spots? Uh, no. I mean, I think 
Napoli's been crazy impressive. And I think that I, you know, I think they had such a sneaky good summer, at least for me. Like they got guys that, you know, I wasn't too familiar with, but they've come out and looked so good. Uh, seventh place in the league, according to my predictions. Hmm. Um, yeah, that, uh, nothing much else. I'm not surprised by Juve being bad. Uh, Milan got the job done. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mm-hmm. hopefully things are starting to look up for Italian teams in UCL. I know that me yeah. just saying that only one team is going to make it to the second round. I just jinxed everybody. Um, okay, moving to Europa League, we're going to do a little. We're going to be a little quicker on this because there's only really two teams to talk about. Roma, impressive three nothing win. You know, it's a game they should win. They're at home, but Lazio, man, they got Oof. to to put it politely, they got stuffed. Oof. Like they got, it was just. Jesus, five one. Yeah. I get it; they're away from home, but still, what the hell happened? I mean, let me pull up the no, stats of this game. It was rough, and I think I texted in the group because I turned it on when it was one nil. I texted in the group. I think at that point, like as soon as the second goal came in, I was like, "Oh, Lazio's getting slapped." And then, like another one came, and then I think I think it was three, and then Lazio got one back. I'm checking just to see the the order. Yeah, Sergei it was, came yeah, on. It was three, and then Savage got one. It made three one, and, and I was like, "Oh shit, they're going to make some big comeback here," and that did not happen. Oh, so, yeah, their group is all uh, tied at three points. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I think, I think Roma are at top of their group, if I'm not mistaken. Let me take a double check. <clears throat> Roma though, um, they so had 29 shots. Roma, so yeah, the Roma is the third with with Betis at top with six. They're oh, tied yeah, with Ludogrets. Yeah. Honestly, that game was interesting. Um, first half, not too memorable, and then right towards, or I guess right in the, early on, I guess fifteenth minute, Helsinki got a red card. At halftime, Mourinho put on DiBala, and like he came out, got a goal in the forty seventh minute. Uh, what else do I have in my notes here? He got a goal in the... Oh, man, he's got notes, people. This guy came ready for the takeover. His goal was in the 47th, and I don't know. I don't think he had another goal contribution, but, like, you know, he went on, and obviously they're playing against 10-man Helsinki in Rome. Um, But that goal kind of broke them, and then they picked up another couple. Pellegrini had a nice one, and then Bellotti got his first goal for Roma. So, overall, good day. They got the job done there. Um, Dybala continues to produce. Yeah. He's given the space. So I'm happy I'm wearing my Dybala jersey right now. For good. People who aren't watching the pod. Good, 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 good. We love that. We love that. I wish Julia was here to see his toxicity, but, you know. I really wish Julia was there. <laughs> I would love to hear him defend Juventus, especially oh, when we talk about the Serie A games after this. Yeah. Um, do you want to go into conference league or do you want to go straight into Serie A? I think we could just go into Serie A. Yeah, let's go and say, yeah. All First game, got to talk about it. Juve Salernitana, man. <laughs> Holy shit. That Did game. You, uh, what's up? Were you watching? Did you watch the end of it? I, dude, it, it was chaos. It party? was, it was. It w- so for those listeners that don't know, like, Italian, like, Pazza is the end of that game. If you want it characterized... <laughs> In one scenic moment, it was the minute Milik scored the goal and everything that happened afterwards, that is Pazza. That is the chaos of Serie A. That's why we love it so much. It was absolutely insane. What What are your thoughts on it? I want, I want to go to you first on it. It was funny because, you know, as a noted Juve defector, <laughs> I was watching the game and I was pulling for Juve. And I was like getting excited because, you know, you could tell based on how they were playing that they were coming back real fast. Um, so I guess early on, Kandreva scored. Piontek scored on a, on a penalty. On a penalty. Bremer had a handball. Flashes back to uh, to Delict from last season and yeah. all the other seasons. And then Bremer scores one to get sort of redeem himself. That was a thumping header. I, that was pretty late, right? I don't remember the. That was, I think, in the near the 70th minute, I think. I'm not sure. I can double check right now. Give me one sec. Well, so he got that one. And then it was super late. 
And then was it like 90th, I think? Bremer, Bremer got in the 51st. Okay. Oh, so it wasn't that late at all. Yeah. And then Bonucci got Bonucci the win. First of all. So good. No, 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 you go, you go, you go. No, it was a penalty that was saved. It wasn't a great penalty that Bonucci, Bonucci took the penalty, yeah. got saved, and then put in the rebound. So here, here's what I don't get, right? As a pro soccer player, I get it. He's the captain. You understand the position he's in, though. He's a center back. You have forwards and midfielders mm-hmm. that their whole lives are created and have trained to score goals. Why on earth is Bonucci taking that pen? But it's not just, you know, this instance. He takes them sometimes. He takes them for Italy. He took one, you know, in the Euro final. Well, yeah, but that was at uh, a PK shootout, though. The PK shootouts I get. But, like, in I a guess. game, and you have Vlaovic... Like yeah, I mean, look, I would, I would make Vlaovic do it, obviously, but he went for Benucci, and and it wasn't a great penalty. It wasn't. Like it wasn't far no. enough away from the goalie. Yeah, it was. Like, it was a saved. great save by the keeper, but yeah. I think like, you know, he get obviously you have to guess right, but he guessed right, and then it was just there for him. So. Yeah, I mean the goal. Uh, the goal ended up going in. No, went. I'm not going. Every time I see the missed pen, I keep thinking of the Inter Juve game. I always think there's some type of chaos that's about to happen, like with VAR or with something. And the one where uh, it was called back because they entered for the encroachment. Box yeah, yeah, yeah. I, every time there's a penalty mm-hmm. now and Juve is involved, I think there's some shit going on. Um, but we gotta talk about that VAR complete mishap, right? So yeah, so so Milik scores. Goes absolutely crazy. He's on a yellow, takes his shirt off, runs around going nuts. I honestly don't even blame second. him for that. I don't even blame him for that. No, it's like, all right, I'll take the next game off after that. It was a crazy moment. So he gets the red card. Everyone's going crazy. Uh, and then they're like, oh, we're looking at, at VAR for offsides. And I don't know. I think the referee lost control a little bit. He was, I think, a younger, less experienced referee. Because the teams were both going at each other. He was, and he's throwing red cards everywhere. Like coaches on the sidelines getting sent off. Allegri got sent off. He won't be coaching this weekend. Yeah. Um, Milik was sent off. Someone on Slade Quintana was sent off. Fazio. Yep. Yeah. It was, just, uh, it, was just, it was just red cards galore at that point. Cuadrado got a red card also. Um, yeah. And, and the angle they show, and the guy, like the ref goes over to the VAR thing, looks at it for, Five seconds. Looks, sees one view of it, turns around, no goal. And then yeah, go ahead. you you know you start seeing other angles of it. And if you zoom out, Kandreva, who was the guy playing close to the corner, because it was off a corner, so Kandreva was playing near the corner. Mm-hmm. He was off to the side, not involved in play, but he kept everyone on side. He was closer to the net than anyone. When you look at like the, uh, they have all these like advanced camera yeah, things yeah. now, and it's like it shows like his distance to the touchline was closer than anyone else. And they then they called it offsides for Bonucci being involved in play because he made an attempt on the ball. Yeah, because he, he technically he blocks it. the sight of the goalie because he's, he's like reacting. Exactly. He yeah, he yeah. might redirect it or something. I don't think there's any chance he saves it anyway. But uh, whatever, you know, the book says that. If he is like obstructing the goalie or yeah. whatever, then it's then it's offsides. But like, what a miss! Like, what a fantastic miss by the referees. Yeah, like it's. And then they they say they come out and they're like, "Oh, uh, we didn't have the that graphic. camera angle yeah. wasn't available to us." Like what? What? What is that? You're you're one of the top five leagues in the world. You get this a crazy amount of funding. You get these crazy amount of resources. I'm not like that. I get it. The imaging probably wasn't cut. Whatever. Fine. You have technical difficulties. Everyone has it. We have it on this pod too. I know we're not, I know we seem like we're perfect, but we're not. You have a sideline referee, right? You're telling me he couldn't see that. You're telling me that if you try to rope him in, he's, he's going to, he's going to tell you the wrong thing. It's like, no, he was onside. Then I think they just defer to VAR at this point. You know, like, I, I get that. And most and most of the time, I would say about 75 to 80% that they do that, VAR gets it right. You know, there is, there is some times when they get it wrong. I'm not I'm not a whole VAR hardo. I'm not going crazy sure. about it. But for the most part, VAR gets it right. But in a situation like that, it's the end of the game. 
why not have the side referee give any insight if they can? Like, no one yeah. sees those offside calls in real time better than the silent referees and maybe the main ref. But again, he's looking at other things, make sure no one's trying to kill each other, make sure no fouls, whatever. It It's embarrassing because a lot of the, like, Premier League teams grieve about it the most about VAR, but it's like, with Italy, for most for the most part, we seem like we got it right when using VAR. And now you have this thing with the biggest team and it's going all over the place. Like, I listened to an English League podcast and they even talked about how bad of a miss this was. Like, that's how you know it's 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 a kind of a big issue. Yeah, it's terrible. And, like, just to also make a side note, like, Juve shouldn't need a 93rd-minute yes. goal against Levitana. Like, this is a bad situation that they found themselves in because they played poorly again and, like, tried late to turn it on. And it worked to an extent this time, but you know, ultimately – they didn't get over the line. Uh, they shouldn't need that, but it was yeah, it was a terrible call. And then people were expecting like maybe the referee is going to get reprimanded or like benched this week or yeah. something. And then, you know the referee association was like, no, no one was at fault. It's not a scandal. We didn't have the thing. And I'm like, well, how's it? All right, no one is at fault. Maybe the referee wasn't entirely to blame because he couldn't yeah. see that angle. I don't. I don't blame the Someone's main referee at fault. on that. Yeah, I, someone's at fault for I, not providing that camera. Angle. It has to be the VAR referee or the VAR team. Like it can't. It can't yeah. be the main ref's fault because he's only given what is available to the entire refereeing team at the time of the decision. Right? He doesn't control right. what's put on that TV when he goes to take a look. That's not him. He, he has to interpret it. I get that. And based on what was shown, because you don't see Kandreva in the screen that you that was shown to the main referee, Bonucci looks offside, looks to be interfering with play. At least, even though he doesn't hit the ball, he's there to interfere with the goalie, yeah. quote-unquote. So, based on that, what was shown to him, the ref actually may have made the right call. It was the fact that the video wasn't shown to him correctly, but... It is what it is. And also, like, the whole Twitter nonsense of, like, oh, this is such a travesty to Juve. You go to any of the big teams, either against Juve or against other teams that have had calls like that mistakenly made, and there's not that big of a stink. But if it happens to Juve, it's this big stink, yeah. and everyone thinks that there's something wrong with Italy. It, it, well, even, like, that, uh, that table that I sent in the group chat the other day that was, like, the number of calls are like negative interactions with VAR for other every other team and then for Juve. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't mean that the call was wrong. Wrong. It yeah. just means that like the initial call was wrong and then it happened to be overturned and hurt Juve. Yeah. Which like, you shouldn't care about if you're getting the calls right. Right. Um, yeah. Did you see that the Salernitana president was like, if you ever want to replay it, we'll replay the match. <laughs> like, that's hilarious. I don't, I don't know if they want to do that. No, I think that's a bit of a risky move. Yeah, Salernitana, take your point. Go home happy. You got a point in the J, which massive is, point. Yeah, massive point. Um, all right, let's. Uh, uh, this this has become even without Julio. This has become a Juve podcast, and I don't like it. I know. I don't like it at all. All right, let's talk about the other game. Let's talk about Inter Torino because I watch the highlights of that game. I was very disappointed with Inter. The only, the only bright spot, obviously they won the game, but the only bright spot I found with Inter against all odds was Handanovic. Yeah, he, he made seven saves, and some of them were really, really he good. Had, he had very good reflexes. I, I think I think the enigma with Handanovic, you know, really not much of an enigma because he's like 30,000 years old, his reflexes are there. It's and his goalkeeping positioning is there. It's the like balls getting lofted in, willingness to come out, like th like that part of his athleticism is horrible. But when it comes to actually being a shot stopper, more often than not, I mean, again, I haven't seen him that much. Galano's never gonna yell at me the next pot we have if Galano's on. He's gonna rip me a new one. But to, yeah, this past week was showing that's like he still has it in his locker occasionally. But on his day, yeah, yeah. the The midfield did not look great. The first half, you know, it's bad when the highlights show in the first half three shots. Like that's how you know it's bad. 
Yeah. Like the midfield looked disjointed. Lukaku is clearly missed in this team. Like the forward line is okay. The second half, they finally came alive. But even the second half, Torino had much of the better opportunities than yeah. Inter. Just Handanovic kept them in the game. And Brozovic had a ridiculous touch to get that goal. Like he like, yeah. he toe poked it, got like the outward of the boot spin. It spun. I don't know how the hell he did it, but it was a great, it was a great finish. And you know, yeah. it got me, Torino it got me three points. So it's all I care about. Yeah. That's what I was, was going to bring up. Torino obviously I think deserved more yeah. than what they, what they left with. Um, what was Brozovic's goal? Like 90 plus one or it something, was, right? I, it, he technically scored it, I think, in the 87th minute. Like, it was 87-30 or something like that when he scored it. Let me tell, oh, I'll, okay. I'll double check it right now. But usually when that happens, they attribute it to, like, the next minute. Um, 89th. Brozovic scored in the oh, 89th okay. minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you were, like, this close from being totally wrong, and I was this close from at least getting the – the like the point, yeah, 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 the draw, you know, stuff. I would have let you know. I mean, like, I thought I was, I thought it was a good call, and it was almost a good call. My, uh, yeah, no, my yeah, Torino's always going to be a tough out, so I get that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm looking at the table right now, like that's huge for Inter because now they're two points within the top, and like they play Udine next, who's in fourth right now. Like, you know, hopefully. With a hard win like this, you would think that this might, you know, spur better play. And it's like, look, it's part of my French for the listeners. We got fucking lucky winning this game. We need to be better. And hopefully that adds, as Julio would love to say, add some grinta oh, to go. the mentality and like force him to actually take it to Udinese. But we'll see. What any other thoughts you had on the inter game? No, I wish that they would have not won, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but that's all I got. My notes here because I got professional. You know, I take notes. Yeah. You're like me on I the have, first day of the season. Yeah. I have Torino chances. Hando good, question mark. Seven saves. Brozo late goal and Torino more chances. So yeah. I like my notes are mostly about Torino having chances. I think like the shots on goal comparison was like seven to, to two or three in I favor can, of I can, I can tell you that right now. I literally have it up. Give me one sec. All the cat hair off my computer. Uh, okay, yeah. So Torino had seven. You're right about that. And Inter had three. But Inter technically mm-hmm. had 16 shots to Torino's nine. But the efficiency, yeah, but seven out of nine, right. that's above 60%. So Yeah. I'd say. Yeah, Torino's always a tough out. So if you get any point, if you get a win on them, I'm not going to lie. That, that, that's, a, that's, a bit, that, that's a win in and of itself, getting points off of them, let alone actually getting the win. Um, yeah, but again, hopefully it, it leads to better form from Inter, you know, for Inter's sake or not. And for Galanos, for Galanos, from my perspective, no, I just don't, I just don't want my brother to be like a negative vibe in my house because when he's upset, nothing good happens in this house. He's very like mopey. He's very like cry baby all the time. He's like, oh, povero (laughs) mio. It's, it's not fun. It's not fun. Um, Okay. Next up, let me see what we got here. Who else? I'm trying to think. Who else was a big game? Oh, let me go to the predictions. Let me look at those. Lecce Monza. Did you see that game? No, I did not. I had just saw Sensi scored for Lecce. It w- no, Sensi's not Monza. Opposite. <laughs> yeah, this this was a game that... My notes was- are not that exhaustive, <laughs> apparently. But, yeah, that that game was, was definitely, you know... I don't know if I want to say it's news fest, but I thought it was a little boring. Um, I was just yeah, like, I didn't watch it, and I skipped the highlights. Yeah, mostly. I was, I was just like, it was fun to have as a prediction, but Atalanta got stopped, which I think is good for us of the league. You know, they tied Cremonese, mm-hmm. which is interesting because Cremonese is going to be battling relegation this year. I'm already counting them in as a relegation team. Um. Yeah, that was interesting. They scored four minutes apart, and center backs, I think, from both teams scored. That, so, not, nothing screams more Italian soccer than that. Yeah, two center backs. It was Demiral, and I don't remember who scored for Cremonese, but yeah, uh, yeah. Napoli eked out a one nothing against Spezia. Like they dominated, but they they rotated the squad yet still dominated. And they barely got a goal 
Like it took like a Raspadori miracle flick, not miracle flick, but it took him like yeah, the right, I was gonna place, ask right you. time. I guess I saw Lozano had a miss early, I think, right? I'm, I, I, but then I think he assisted the Raspadori goal. And he, you te- he technically feelings about Lozano. He technically did because he shot it across the middle. I think he missed the initial target, and then it fell to Raspadori, who was who was like aware enough to get like a good snapshot uh-huh. off. Um, but you know, I've said this on this pod a million times. I'm gonna say it again. Lozano for me, he's fast. He's a good athlete. But as like a technical player, I think it's time for him to go. I've seen reports. This is back, I think, in like July or August, if I'm not mistaken, where he was rumored for like 30 million euro moves to, I think it was the Premier League, and I think it might have been back to the Netherlands. I'm not entirely sure. If I'm Napoli, depending on how this season goes, unless he finds crazy form, I'd sell him. I'd make that profit. How much did they pay for him? I think they paid 20 I'm not entirely sure. I'll mm. double check right now. Yeah, just give it a second. I look at my hand. Yeah, I don't know. I know he's got like so much more responsibility this year right now that there's, you know, the old well, guard I mean, sort of moved on. If he did, he's definitely got it taken away from him because Crevacelia is fucking taking over the entire offensive True. duties for this team. True. Uh, but I guess he should have, you know. Yeah, you They were think. expecting he, maybe a yeah. big step forward for him. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually. Politano or Elmas take his spot, if I'm being completely yeah. honest. Like, I kind of hope that to happen because I'm a fan of both of those. All right, so let me try to find where the hell this guy is. No. Why can't I find this guy? All right, hold on. Because I looked on transfer, transfer market. I think it would have been good. The that. ultimate source for transfer. I, I love this website. News. For those that yeah, want no, to it's, know, really it's so good. All right, it's not, it's not helping me out. Let me just type in Napoli on the line tight. Okay. No, I don't want players. All right. I mean, <laughs> God damn it. This this is annoying. Um, I'll look at it later. I'll find out. I'll find it later. But one team I want to highlight, Udinese. They're <clears throat> they're on a roll, what, man. What is going on? On an absolute Did you role. did you by chance see the highlights? Yeah, yeah. So so I think guess Fratesi scored first for Sassuolo. It was a cheeky finish. And, it was really good. I like yeah, it a lot. Yeah. And then Ruan, who's the center back versus well, got a red card. And then it seems like Udinese just it, they left it late, but they you know wound up with a comfortable comfortable win. Ninety plus one and ninety plus three. Yeah, that was that. You could see it was more of like the team was like pretty tired from being a man down for most of the match, um, and they kind of just yeah, Udinese uh, just kept forward. retooling and just kind of bringing people on. But okay, I finally found Lozano's page. No, let's hear it. So he's according to transfer market, he's worth thirty-three million dollars, which is about twenty okay. something euro, twenty something million euro. Okay. Where he was bought. Oh my god. He was bought for four hundred four hundred. Forty nine and a half million dollars. Jeez. Yeah. So they can't sell him. Well, I guess it's not like technically an accounting loss, right? Um, well, but, yeah, it depends. It depends on what they do. Um, but it's it, you don't want to see that. Like, his market no. value is forty four mil dollars, and then they sold him for right. four nine and a half. But what can you do, right? But yeah, yeah Udine. I I was a year late, and I'm going to stay out. This might be the next team that I like. Heartfully, root for. You're going to get Add add to your quarter zip collection. Add to my quarter zip collection. Napoli, Fiorentina. Yeah. I, will, I will never get an Inter one. I will never get a Milan one. I'll never get a Juve one. And I'll never get a Roma one. I have Fiore. I have Napoli. I got to see what Lazio got. Udine might be the next team. I have a Bianco, the true Bianco. I've always, I've always liked, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe because same colors or something. I don't know. I've always kind of liked Udinese. I think like at one point they were super boring. And it was just like. Yet they still got results. Well, um, Udinese had always a very good track record of of being a, a youth incubator for like Serie A teams. Like they used to bring in a lot of good youth yeah, players. Yeah, I mean, like off the top of the head, right? Like Cuadrado uh, was from there. I thought, Cuadrado, I thought Cuadrado was from Fiore originally. No, I think he's from Udinese and then went to Fiore. Oh, uh, 
Well, yeah, so Cuadrado, Rodrigo de Paul, who's now at Atletico Madrid, mm-hmm. Isla, who went to Juve, I think Vidal, uh, Alexis Sanchez, who went to Barca. Yeah. Um, they have De La Fuego, who's disgusting. Um, who else? But like you know, the, you can, definitely had other dudes. If we go, if we go really retro, you had the great Brazilian Zico play at Udine. Yeah, back when there was only a, a, a three foreign player designation law in um, Serie A, but. Look, or even like Pereira, you know, like he was good for Udinese, then he went to Juve and did pretty well. Then he wound up in England for a while, now back on Udinese. Yeah, I mean, they changed their coach last year from from last year to this year, and I didn't know how I felt about the move. But this guy found a formula. Like they're playing very fluid style. They're being quick on the ball. Pereira is now kind of. I feel like he's finally owning up that leadership role. So I'm I'm curious to see where this team can go. I think I think they're gonna flame out, but I think they're gonna be like they're gonna. My prediction last pot, and we'll say it again this pot. They're gonna be the Hellas Verona of last year, where they're just gonna be a team where it's like mm. nobody wants to play these guys because they're they're yeah. not as defensive, but they're like they're gonna come at you, and if you're all formed, they're gonna they most likely will capitalize on you. Like such well, they were down one nothing, they stuck to it. Yeah, they got a red card, but. Their grit showed, and they were able to really capitalize on like fortuitous situations. So, I mean, still to see, you know, them and Atalanta are kind of the fairy tale stories of the season so far, which is always, you know, it's in Italy you yeah. love the fairy tales. It seems to happen more in this league than anywhere else, so you love to see that. Um, and just like Udinese, like one other note, they're one of the like what three teams I think. I think they own their own stadium, right? I think that I cannot tell you. That I do not know the information for. I think they own the stadium for you, but uh, or maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I it's have, very possible I'm wrong. I have no idea. But another team I want to talk about is your now newly anointed beloved Roma, two one away mm-hmm. to Empoli. Was it away? Yeah, they were in Tuscany. Um, okay. question for you. Are you concerned about kind of the, the limited chances you guys were getting at Empoli? Yeah, I think that this is in, you know, in my notes here, <laughs> that it wasn't a good game for Roma. They had like individual moments where they looked really good and, you know, individual moments from Dybala, where they looked good. He scored the first goal. Beautiful goal. Beautiful uh, yeah, goal. very nice goal. It's because me and him were rocked the same cleats. That's the only reason why. I think he hit the post earlier in the game. That's probably what it is, the cleats thing. He's yeah, he, yeah the, the ball, the, the post ricochet that you're talking about, the ball was bouncing in the box. I think Tim Abraham mm-hmm. went for it. It kind of def- had a weird touch off of him, and he just kind of swung at it, and like he like hit like some yeah. inward curve on it from the left foot that hit the post. And then he assisted Tammy for, for Tammy's goal. Yeah. I think that that is like maybe more important than seeing him score goals because I think no, like agreed. his goals yeah. come the way they come. You know, like he'll shoot from outside the box. Um, he'll probably get some penalties. He'll probably get some free kicks. But I think like Roma need to see value in him providing for for Tammy and Belotti because uh, he's just not like gonna score thirty goals. You know, so he needs yeah. to facilitate you, other wanna, guys getting a lot of goals. And you would want to preserve him as much as you can and not have too heavy of a reliance on him to play every week. Because if he does, you, you, you further run the risk of him possibly getting hurt, possibly being out for extended periods of time, especially when you have big games that come up, especially being in European competition. So no, I, I then like today, right? Like, you know, Rama looked stale in the first half. So he had to bring him on in the second half and like an ideal scenario, especially up a man. No, he played, he played both halves. halves. No, he played both halves. Oh, you're saying, no, you're today? saying today? Oh, today. I'm sorry. Today, today. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, ideally you could have rested him today, especially up a man for most of the first half. You know, if they would have gotten one, I don't think you'd see the ball come in at halftime. Agreed. 100% um, agree. Yes. Ideally he wouldn't have played. You don't want to seem to be too Dybala reliant. Um, but at least for right now, he's he's able to provide in these moments and, and help them. And Roma's, what, in fourth place, I think, on, on 10 points. So 
fifth place, sorry, on 13 points. Yeah, I about to say, it's all, it's all um, tight. Like, it's all tight between one and six. Yeah. So, I mean, they're right there still. But if something happens to Dybala, I don't know. Are you are you concerned at all that compared to last year, Tammy's production seems to be a little bit slower or a little bit like delayed in terms of getting off the mark and like actually provide like scoring goals? I don't know. I mean, he he played well early. You know, he had he's had some assists, I think, and I think that's been like an interesting development in his game. Yeah, where he's been providing for guys. I do think like in an ideal scenario, he'd be the the leading goal scorer for Roma, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it takes a little bit of time, especially when you change like your style and bring in a guy who's going to be on the ball like the ball is. So you might be getting fed in different places than you normally would. Yeah. Um, I think like they, it's a timing thing for a lot of that too. I, you know, I saw Dybala feeding in Zaniolo today, I think, and Zaniolo missed a great chance that, was teed up from by Dybala, and I think eventually those two will click, and and he'll start giving it. Yeah, if the, if those two click, like I I understand what Galano and Mike were saying, Alexander might be overrated. Technically, I get that. I'm not going to debate it. But you have a guy of Zaniolo's stature, speed, and capabilities to to latch onto balls and shoot, make something happen, whatever. If you have that. And Dybala pulling the strings along with Abraham trying to be someone to play off of. Like, you're looking at like a top three, top five scary attack in Serie A. Like, I, I still think Zaniolo, sure. Zaniolo is a good enough player that he can score in Serie A when given the right pieces. And now they're looking to have that. It's just, there's, there's something in that midfield for me, and I don't know what it is. There's something missing from a creativity standpoint. Like, Pellegrini's going to do Pellegrini yeah. things. But I think there's they're missing that like other creative guy in the midfield that I'm just like, where is this other op- uh, other option to make something happen going to come from? Like it's not Mont. Well, if you could if you could pick right, if you could put a guy in that midfield to try to sort of complete the team, who do you think you'd throw in there? Well, I think they have him. It's just as he's hurt in Wijnaldum. Hmm. Like, or <sighs> creatively, yeah. Arthur? No, no, no. I need someone that's going to be on the field. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it's tough because maybe someone like a Paredes, like who's good on the ball, not not just like sitting back, shielding the back, like someone who can start from deeper positions, keep Pellegrini up, have the firepower of DiBala, Tammy Abraham, Zaniolo, like have those guys be in effective positions and you can start the build up, giving it to Pellegrini or dishing it out wide, like stuff like that. I feel like Pellegrini, as great as he is, and I personally love Pellegrini, I feel like he's has to do a little too much where it's like he doesn't have the help around him to kind of offload that and that way it gives him more freedom to actually create other things. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, Roma have a big game this weekend, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they bounce back. But I want, I want to pose a, f- a fun little question for you. So because everyone's not here, and I can't get overruled because I run this shit, I'm going to rattle off Rocco's top four. Yeah. In first, he has... Actually, my top four is not insane. No, I'm not saying it's insane. He has Inter 1, Milan 2, Roma 3, Juve 4, and I'm only sticking with the top four. If you were to uh-huh. take one of those teams out, and replace him with another team. Who'd you take out, and who'd you replace him with? I, I think I know who you're going to replace him with, but I don't. I want to know who you want to take out. <laughs> I I put Napoli in my top four. Okay, and um, who are they going in for? Uh, I mean, Juve. I don't. I have to say, <laughs> Juve. Like, Julio, if so you're listening, bad. get on the pod next week, please. They, dude, they've been so bad. I think that, like, you know, Milan and Inter, I think, are are one and two, right? Yeah. And I think that... In that order, or just do you think they're the top two teams? I think they're the top two teams. Yeah. I don't know in what order. Okay. I think... Well, who did I pick? I picked Inter to win. You had Inter winning and then Milan in second. Yeah. That, that could still happen. I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I do think those guys are, you know... They just had to figure the it out. The best two teams. Yeah, once they figure it out. It's just like, 
Roma at least is doing something worth watching, you know? Like, yeah, they're 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 the biggest team that's like unpredictable. Like right. they're they're I, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think that they could like on their day come out and beat any team in Italy, but I also think that they could like be shambolic defensively and do nothing. And you know, that's different from Juve, who I think are gonna be fairly mediocre. On most nights, I think they're going to win like four nil this weekend because they always win big when Landucci is coaching in place of Max. Maybe that's an omen. Um, maybe, maybe that's they what they have to do. Hire Landucci as the head coach. Um, yeah, I, right now, I, what are they in seventh? I think Juve. Juve. They're they're on ten points. They're on yeah. ten points, tied Eighth with Torino. On ten points. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Like. Atalanta's playing better than I expected them to. Obviously, with Inezid, none of us would have picked to be there. No, yeah. I'm not. I I'm think not, for me, I take Juve to my top four. Yeah. But Napoli in. I'm not. I, I still believe that something with Juve is going to click. I have them second. Maybe that's a little over the top with them. If if I were to replace one, it might be I was Roma. Say, who would you replace? It might, it might be Roma. Just because one of the issues I see with Roma is. So I'm going to go through my top four. It was Inter, Juve, Milan, Roma, in that order. Inter, you know what you're going to get. Juve, you know what you're going to get. Milan, you know what you're going to get. With Roma, you never really know what you're going to get with them. That works in and against their favor. Now, I'm seeing what Napoli's doing. I would replace Roma and Napoli in my top four. Where I would put them, I have no fucking clue. But Roma, for me, is too unpredictable to put in the top four because when it matters, they might disappear and become defensively absent. And when it doesn't matter, they put up like five, six goals. So like you never know what this team is capable yeah. of. That's definitely uh, a fair criticism of Roma. But I don't know. Like I, at this point, their their good days are so much better than Juve's blah every day. That yeah yeah no I get that no that's fair that's that's completely fair, but um yeah I, I think you know again it's only two of us so it's it's going to be a shorter pod. Uh, you want to do game picks? Yeah, let's do it. Unless you wanted something else to talk about. Uh, let me check check the little notes. Oh here. wait, let's do uh let's do Serie B. Let's recap Serie B really quick, and then we'll go into game picks. Okay. Okay, so your boys are still on top of Serie B, Regina. Unstoppable. But they tied with Brescia on points. And I want to see I want to see who they play next. Okay, they played Cittadella, which is the sixth place team. They're four points ahead of. Mm-hmm. When when do they play Brescia? That's that's what I'm concerned about. I want to see when that matchup is. In the big game. Oh, that's that's not until December. You got time for that. You got time to build up a lead, if anything. Um, I guess they've started off the season the exact on the exact same form, huh? Yeah, Regina's scoring more and has like a much better goal differential. But yeah, yeah. Then you got Loli Palermo in twelfth. But we're only five points out. We'll make up. We will make it up somehow. Yeah, it's still early. Yeah. Mike's Mike's probably buying Regina jerseys right now and buying a flag. So that way, in case you guys get promoted, he's going to come by my house and just put it all over my house. Uh, you should be honored if he did that. I'd be blessed. I'm just waiting for Catanzaro, <laughs> my actual hometown team, to be some somewhat relevant. But that's not here nor there. Good luck to Regina. You know, it's, it'd always be fun to have a Cal- Calabres team. Uh, playing in Serie A, you know, it definitely hits home, especially for Rocco and Mike, but for me and Galano as well, as we are half Calabres. Fuck Julia, we don't like that guy in the pod. Um, all right, let's do game picks. Um, so I have four, and before we do it, I'm going to change a rule on this pod. As I said before, you know, if you miss the pod, you tie, you get the points of the lowest score of the week, but because it's only me and Rocco, we're changing it up going forward. If you miss the pod, you, you will still give us your picks, but you will lose a point 
off of your grand total. Now, this may get more severe in case we lose more people, but that's what the punishment is right now. So, Mike, Julio, Galano, they get the highest points. They're all going to get subtracted at least one point. Well, sorry, one point. And then if it's more egregious, the more times they miss, we'll change it up. But that's the rule right now. So, first game is Torino Sassuolo. Rocco, I give you the honors. We're going to do you and I back and forth, and then we're going to put in okay. their picks at the end. Mm, it's a tough one. Torino played really well this weekend against Inter, but I don't know that they'll have like a, a big performance back-to-back. Sassuolo looked good and then got a red card. Uh, in Torino... I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough one to start, honestly. I'll give you mine. And I need to make up points. So I don't know if that means I should go radical or if I should try to be conservative. And I don't even know what the conservative pick would be. I'm I'm going uh, I'll, I'll give you mine if you want me to I'm going one nothing Torino. All right, then I'm gonna go one nothing successful. Okay. <laughs> Take the other side. All right, one nothing. Sauce. Okay, next up is Udine versus Inter. At Udine. Yep. I'm going to go 2-1 Inter. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. Honestly, like, Udine has been a great story. But Inter Inter have had a good record against them in recent history. And they just got so much, yeah. you know. And, okay, now here's where it gets spicy. Roma-Atalanta. Three one Roma. Three one Roma. Ooh, it seems like a lot. I'm gonna go two one Atalanta. Do I want to go three one Roma or two one Roma? Uh, uh, I'll go. I'll go two one Roma. Okay. I'm gonna be a little more conservative. All right, that's fine. And then last Napoli. It's a good game. I'm going two one Napoli. Because I want Milan to win the Scudetto. That's a good game. They're both on pretty good form. Yeah. Uh, when is this game? This is, I think it's Sunday. Like late Sun- game. Yeah. Good one. See. I hope. Uh, it is. Yeah, it's Sunday two forty five. Easter Standard Time, obviously. Obviously. For those that are listening to us in Belgium and Ireland. Or for those of us recording from California. Oh, yeah. I forgot you're in San Fran. <laughs> uh, that game's actually good for me. Juve, I think, plays at 6 local time here, so we're only going to have Julio's take on Juve next week. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Milan. Okay. These are, that, yeah, it's a solid pick. They're at the San Siro, too. All right. Now, here's where it gets spicy. Let me get, let me get these picks in here. All oh, right. Galano's picks are as follows. Gaetano protesting the new point system. Yeah, but... obviously, but who cares about what he says? He doesn't run this pot. I do. Um, 2 nothing Torino. 1-1. One, one for <laughs> Both of you. It two, seems like a popular pick. 2-1 Atalanta, which I actually didn't know he did until just now. Honestly. And then Milan 2-1. Oh, wow. He took he took one of my picks and one of your picks. Yeah. Um. Okay. Mike, 2-0 Torino. Oh, he's thinking Torino's going to blow the... Damn, they're both big on Torino, huh? Yeah. I'll blow the doors off. Wait, my brother had two. Oh, he had the same thing. Okay. For some reason, I. Yeah, they both have. They have the first two picks the same. Yep. And then. Two, two. Mike is so boring. God. And then. Three, one, Napoli. Jesus. See, Mike and I are on the same page that we want Milan to win the Scudetto. So. Um, yeah, but he picks against Milan. I know. So I picked against Milan, too. Okay, Julia. I'm actually curious about these picks. Okay. Oh, wow. He's the only... Oh, no, you picked it too. 
two one sauce. Okay. And he got three one Inter. He doesn't believe in Udinese. And then he's got two one. Oh, that's the same as me. Two one. Yeah, same as you. And then he got two one Shit. Milan. Same as me again. Yeah. Me and Julio have the same. Uh, yeah, you and Julio have the same. Same exact win. one for you had to see. You had the two, same right? win. You had the same winners in all four, but you had the same exact ones in the Roma, Atlanta, and Milan. So I can't make up any ground on Julio this week. Well, you can. I, live, I mean, if I get the perfect score on the well, uh, yeah, because yeah, you have to get two. it's the other two. It's the Torino Sass yeah. and Udine Inter games. Nah, it's like I can maybe make up some ground on it. Yeah, I mean, also like I guarantee you, no matter what. They're all going to complain. It's the Italian in us. No matter. If, oh, plus they, plus they. Actually, I gain. If we get the exact same thing, I gain a point anyway. You gain, yeah, you gain a point on him anyway. Julio's not here. Perfect. Yep, that's the rules. Sorry, guys. But uh, I, I, th- I think that's it. Yeah, I. Th- yeah, I mean, I'm trying I think to think. So. Do we have anything else? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to advertise or? Yeah, I feel like we covered the games. We covered Juve's coaching debacle. Yeah, we spent a lot of time coaching Juve. We literally spent an hour talking. It didn't feel like it. It's time flew by. Yeah. And it's another good week coming up, too. It's another good week coming up. It's another good week coming up. I do want to shout out Stanford Italian Soccer League. It's a league that me and Galan play in. Um, It's all a bunch of paisans. You know, we love Calcio. I just want to plug them really quick. Um, come join our games. We play in Stanford by West Beach Shores, I think it's called, or West Beach Park. I think it's about West Beach Park. Um, Unico Vibo, that's a squad. Um, we're hopefully we win on Sunday. We're gonna be playing at five thirty, so I'll be able to watch the Napoli game and then schlep on up over there. But you know, Rocco, if you have nothing else, I think it's time. Yeah, hopefully we get a full squad next week. Yeah, if not, I'm gonna just. Crack the whip and keep it going. We Two points it. next week. Yeah, we got to keep it going. <laughs> but Rocco, thanks for joining, man. Until next Good time. Pleasure.